are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. If you are out and about celebrating on the day that you wear green, and I'll admit I'm one of the only ones in this studio wearing green right now, so shame on both of you in here for not wearing green on St. Patrick's Day, but that's okay. I'll only bring it up a few times, but hope you're all doing well on a rainy, uh, nasty Friday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Day two of the NCAA tournament, and it is just as exciting as yesterday was. No crazy buzzer beaters just yet, uh, but some upsets are going on and uh, just some really, really good basketball going on right now in the NCAA tournament. We're going to go over all of that today. We'll go over all of the results from yesterday, including, yes, Auburn's win over Iowa in round one of the NCAA tournament. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that today. 334-321-1390. We'll get into that as the show goes on. Uh, Lots of that in hour number two as well. And previewing Auburn's game versus Houston tomorrow in round two of the NCAA tournament after the Cougars escape the Northern Kentucky Norse. My upset pick of the tournament was... My upset pick of the tournament was... So close to 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 pulling it off. They were so close, man. Northern Kentucky, they were right there. If they could just shoot and if they could just throw the ball in the ocean, they would have beaten Houston last night. But we'll talk about that game today. Auburn and Houston tomorrow in round two. And also a surprise coming up at 2.30. We are going to have a new guest on the show it is Parker Ainsworth, who is the Locked On Cougs host, which is the Locked On Houston podcast. We're going to have him join us at 2.30 and give you everything you need to know about this Houston team, what their status is going into tomorrow's game, and how Auburn can take down Houston in Birmingham tomorrow. So all of that is coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line, and you know how it is. Phone lines are open until then, 334 334- 321-1390. Give us your thoughts on all the games going on in the NCAA tournament, results from yesterday, results from today, games coming up today, and of course the result last night, Auburn over Iowa, and how do you feel about Auburn versus Houston tomorrow? 334-321-1390. Carter, happy Friday, happy St. Patrick's Day, and happy day two of the NCAA tournament. Oh man, I love it. I love it. We we got a great finish there in that Xavier game. Um, just Xavier keep- held on. They held on, baby. Well, held on. No, they had to come back. Well, they were they were uh, down fair. at least double digits. <laughs> I think it was down eleven, or it may have been thirteen. Uh, and they came back. It was and tied thirteen. It up. They had a thirteen-zero run, fueled by uh, my fellow Mountain Brook High School alum, uh, Colby Jones, uh, who's going to be playing in the NBA next year. Shout out. Um, he did miss the free throw at the end. That made it a little sketchy, <laughs> but and he got away with the foul at the very end. But yes. Um, yeah, Xavier hangs on. Um, your bracket with all of your brackets with Xavier going fairly deep are 
Uh, it saves them a little bit. I mean, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> everybody's brackets are busted at this point. Yes. Uh, unless you're one of the 658 on ESPN that uh, somehow are still perfect. I, I have no idea how that's even possible. I, I don't think they'll be perfect after today, man. I it's feel just like been crazy. If, you, if you're one of the 658 people, you have to just be like, nobody knowledgeable about basketball is in that group, right? You're you're just shooting no. from the hip and getting lucky. Yeah, it, it, so I would put I would put money that there's a good percentage of those that you know ESPN and a lot of these different sites have the autofill option. There's a a good handful of those that are on autofill, and nobody even manually picked these brackets that are still perfect right now. So look, man, it's exciting. It's absolutely crazy, and we'll start by looking at some of the results from last night and yesterday. In the NCAA tournament, we talked about the games that were going on during our show yesterday, but some of the results that happened after we were off the air, uh, you had Texas handle Colgate, you had UCLA as a two-seed handle UNC Asheville. Uh, I tried to speak that into existence, but that didn't happen. Uh, no, it did not. Not even By close. The way, you were talking about your, your Northern Kentucky Norse. Yeah. How bad do you think they shot from the field and from three in that game? Oh, it was horrible. Because I, I have the percentages up in front of me, and I don't think I realized it was that bad from from the field as well. From the field, I, I don't know. But I know from three it's going to be they in that. They lost by 11 to a one seed who shot 49% from the field. Just keep that in mind. From three, Northern Kentucky shot probably right around that 15 range, 15% range. Yes, they were 5 of 33, which is 15.2%. Yeah, that's exactly where so I was thinking it was. from the field. From the field, they probably shot 22%? No, no, it was higher than that. Okay. 27 and a half. 20, okay. 22. 22 is really bad. By, they would have lost by 30. <laughs> 22 is bad, but 27 is not great. I mean, 27 and a half is really freaking bad. Yeah, yes. that is really, really bad. And again... If Northern Kentucky can hit any shots in this game, they win. They, they would win. They would have beaten them threes, last night. 33 threes, and they just could not hit any of them. Oh, it was so bad. And we were pulling for it so hard because I, I was confident in that team. And again, if you just make a couple of baskets and you just shoot halfway decent, you beat that Houston team and Auburn would be playing Northern Kentucky but they are not they're playing Houston tomorrow in Birmingham and again we'll talk about that coming up a little later on and we will have the host of Locked On Cougs it is Parker Ainsworth who is the Locked On uh, uh, Houston podcast so uh, we'll talk to him and get his thoughts on this matchup tomorrow and how Houston struggled in their first round game and again their health man. is a big question about yes. this team man and couple their head guards, coach is key guards. worried Yes, I and I think he should be. Absolutely, I think he should be. Absolutely. Now, um, the one thing that I think is overblown and overblown and stupid that he keeps harping on is this idea of Auburn playing a home game and how unfair that is. Whatever, whatever. Hey, man, you're a one seed. You're supposed to make it to the final four. That's kind of how this thing works if it goes chalk. Guess where that Final Four is? It's in Houston. Yes, sir. Like, quit your whining mm-hmm. and go win a basketball game if you're really a one seed. That's what I said. Just go play. Who cares? Who cares where you are? Who cares? If your fans want to go and watch you, buy tickets and go. Like, get over <laughs> yeah. it. Like, it, get over it, in my opinion. Go play. Like, Auburn fans 
And I don't think Auburn would be worried if they had to go play Houston in round two in Houston. They would just go, and you go and play. Like, that's how the NCAA tournament works. And sometimes it happens where a team plays really close to their home or plays in their home state, but it all balances out over time. So it is what it is. But Auburn and Houston tomorrow, again, we'll talk about that as the show goes on. The upset of the day, the upset probably of the tournament was 15-seeded Princeton beating two-seeded Arizona and destroying all brackets as Princeton defeated Arizona 59-55. to What a win for Princeton as a 15-seed, which I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is the third straight tournament where we've had a 15-seed beat a two-seed. Is that correct? Yes, it's the third straight tournament uh, that we have had that happened, and I think it's the 11th win ever by a 15 seed over a two. So how about that? Over a, over a quarter of the 15 seed over two upsets have happened in the last three tournaments. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And, and congratulations to Princeton. Um, this Arizona team, I had them going far just because there's not great teams in their portion of that bottom half bracket, but here they are. And, and look... Arizona is one of those teams and programs where it seems like they always come in hyped up to the tournament and they always end up doing something like this. And so was I confident in them to make it far? No, but I picked them because I thought they were better than the people in their path. Turns out they couldn't beat Princeton. And congratulations to Princeton, man. Upset of the tournament, 15th seed over the two seed last night. Duke, they took care of Oral Roberts. That was no problem for them. Uh, We Talked about the Furman upset yesterday as we were coming on to the show, coming on the air. Uh, So that was a big one. How about the disappointing end of the season for Texas A&M? They get it handed to them last night by Penn State, 76-59. to A&M, the best regular season they've ever had in SEC play in, in probably one of their best years they've had as a program. And then they end it with a There's bad just, loss to Alabama in the SEC championship game and a blowout loss in game one of the NCAA tournament to Penn State. I, I truly don't know how you, you kind of like come back from just how bad this finish was because your last two games were miserable by Texas A&M. You, you beat Alabama to end the regular season, so you know you can compete with them they blow you out by 19, and then the 10th team out of the Big Ten. A Big Ten that, by the way, I did say all year long is deeper than everybody realizes. They are a better conference than people realize. Um, they, that Yes, they only had Purdue as the only like really high seed when you look at it. I guess you can consider Indiana at a, as a four seed, as another high seed. But they're deep, man. They are. And this Penn State team, there's not a hotter team in the country over the last, what? I mean, maybe Duke. I was about to say, besides it's Duke, Duke yeah. and Penn State. Because Penn State came off a stretch where they lost eight of 11 games. And basically, they were the the word was they almost have to win out, and from that point on, they go get a win against Illinois, Minnesota, Ohio State on the road. They lose to Rutgers. They beat Northwestern on the road, Maryland, and then Big Ten tournament. They got to they got to get to the championship game. They beat Illinois, Northwestern, Indiana all in a row. Mm-hmm. Lose to Purdue, but you're that's going to happen. Play a great game there. Yeah, 
sneak into the tournament, and then beat up on a good A&M team. Yes, they did. They beat them up, and A&M, again, a very, very successful regular season, but man, it's got to be disappointing in Aggieland today with just how the season ended, where they were the second best team in the SEC regular season and in the tournament. You get into the big dance, and you don't even win a game. In your last two games of the year, you lose by a combined score of 36. Man, that's rough. That is rough. And so, going to be a long off season. They're already looking at baseball season in Texas A&M. A couple of other games from last night. Uh, San Diego State, the five seed, they take down the 12 seed Charleston. Uh, so, that... Uh, that is a that was a favorite uh, for a lot of people. Charleston to make a run in this tournament. They are out in game one. Tennessee had to fight and claw to hold off Louisiana last night. They win 58-55. They move on to take on Duke on Saturday in the round of 32. I do not like that matchup for Tennessee at all. Missouri, they take care of business yesterday in SEC squad. Uh, we already talked Maryland. That happened yesterday. Arkansas last night, they defeat Illinois uh, yesterday afternoon, I should say yesterday evening. And the race Razorbacks uh, handle business against the Fighting Illini and your Northwestern. They take down Boise State, sort of held them off the entire game. Boise State cut it close a couple of times, but Northwestern handle business down the stretch. They win 75-67. How about this? In a game that was a single-digit game the entire way, I think the biggest lead Northwestern had was a 10-point lead. So it got to 10 and then immediately shrunk back down. It shrunk all the way down to 1. It was within five, six points the whole way for the most part. Northwestern led in that game for 38 minutes and 25 seconds. 38 minutes and 25 seconds. So they led the entire game. At no point did that Boise State team have the lead. And when you watch the game, that Northwestern team was the better team. And I feel pretty good about this matchup against UCLA. So, so if, they, if, if Northwestern, a team that has not shot well all year, yeah. they shoot the same way that they shot against Boise State, Northwestern's going to upset the two-seed UCLA. It should be a fun one as the results are in from yesterday. Lots of exciting games, and today has been fun as well. A couple of games that are already in the books. The first one of the afternoon, 7-seed in Michigan State and 10-seed USC. Uh, this was one of those... 10-7 matchups where a lot of people were on 10-seeded USC, myself included. But Tom Izzo, and get this, his 25th NCAA tournament at Michigan State, they win 72-62. to They handled business there. Xavier, we talked about it, the three-seed holding off Kennesaw State after coming back and, and having to come back from, like you said, a 13-point deficit. They end up winning by five. Xavier moves on out of the Big East. A couple of games happening right now. Baylor, the three seats starting to separate from UC Santa Barbara 71-54 with two minutes to play in that one St. Mary's VCU uh, St. Mary's up by 131 uh, just underway in the second half and then Marquette battling with Vermont the two seed and the 15 seed Vermont it's 24 to 18 Marquette with 753 to go in the first that's what's going on around the NCAA tournament right now when we come back we'll talk about the Auburn game last night as we preview and get to the bottom of the hour we are going to have the Locked on Cougs uh, podcast host, Parker Ainsworth, will join us 
on the show at 2.30. Give us the breakdown of Houston's performance last night, their health and status going into the game tomorrow, and how he thinks Houston or Auburn can move on to the Sweet 16. Phone lines are open. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. We'll talk the Auburn basketball victory over Iowa when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, Jack. I'm Carter. How are you out today? Doing fantastic, Doing right. Terry. How are you, Terry? Based on this liquid sunshine, I'll wash away some of that ridiculous pollen. We yeah, yeah. Tonight. Just stay away from the car wash and let let Mother Nature do its thing. Yeah, but as, I, as, as it goes, easily rains for a, for a day or something goes away. Yep, that's but right. Anyway, guys, do y'all get the impression that that, that that Auburn is a better team with Trey Donaldson? I do. I, I think you're a much better team, and, and he is coming around at the right time, guys. I've been saying that for a while, Terry. I, I really like Trey Donaldson. He is inconsistent, unfortunately, and sometimes he gets a lot of minutes. Sometimes he doesn't get a lot of minutes, and there are times where he isn't aggressive enough in his minutes, and I think that's a problem for me with Trey Donaldson at times. Uh, But he had a coming-out party last night, and, man, Auburn could use a player like that and use his play in the next few games if they're able to get that far in the NCAA tournament. Now, he is the point guard of the future, in my opinion. Could be. I think he's going to be in a battle with some I'm, really talented dudes coming in. Terry, I'm not sure about that because you got Aiden right, Holloway. You one. Uh, I mean, Wendell has a chance to be on the roster next year for sure. Um, Aiden Holloway will be coming in that door. And then the year after that, you've got um, – I'm drawing a blank on on the the commit that just uh, happened. And you've got LeBaron Phylon and um, – I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out. Give me one second. Well, that's what you want is more more competition. Yes, I just think that you've got more naturally talented guys coming in the door. Tahad Pettiford, that's him. Um, and, and I assume they're bigger because that's what Auburn lacks his size at guard. LeBaron Filan six four. Uh, Pettiford's right in that six one six six two range. Um, so, I mean, he's similarly sized to uh, Trey Donaldson. I would say. But yeah, that's like Trey's. I, said, said, Wendell Green, Trey's, I, said, Car- I said Carter. Wendell Green never seen six foot one. I I think that's fair. I don't think Wendell, yeah. I don't think Wendell is um, taller than about five ten five eleven. I ain't seen that either. He's really about five nine and a half. But but uh, they say, well, you got to measure measure him in bare feet. I said, do you play in bare feet? <laughs> that's so. Uh, that's my argument to that. Uh, look, question: If if Auburn and Alabama both are fortunate enough to win tomorrow and move on, what, what would they be looking at? If Auburn and Alabama were to win tomorrow, mm-hmm. where? Uh, what do what you, do you mean? Who would be their next matchups? Their next their next teams? They would uh, face? Alabama. Oh, oh. It would say okay. If Alabama beats Maryland, Alabama gets the winner of San Diego State, the five seed, and Furman, the thirteen mm. seed. Auburn, if they win. They, we don't know who Auburn plays because uh, Games Miami have to happen and today. Drake, the five twelve matchup, happens today. And Indiana-Kent State, the four thirteen matchup, happens today. So, I mean, it could be any number of those four teams. 
How ironic would an Auburn Miami matchup be? Right, and, and look, Miami is not a hundred percent healthy. Well, They've got a, their one of their best players is not playing, and so I think they lose to Drake today. I think um, I'm starting to think Indiana loses to Kent State. Really, you're starting to go that way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Um, I, I guys, how do y'all feel about this? This team might be Bruce Pearl's best coaching job ever. Yeah, because I don't think they're they're that good. I really don't. So I had a statement last night, Terry, that. Um, this is not a good team, but this is a good season because of mm-hmm. how this team does lack talent. It lacks consistency. Uh, at times, it lacks some mental toughness. But but the way I, I will say the way that they handled themselves last night showed that I think that mental toughness has gotten better. Um, mm-hmm. I I think this is the best coaching job Bruce has had. But yes, I do think they're they're is some deserved criticism for the construction um, of the roster. Interesting. Okay, one quick football question for you guys, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there not a situational scrimmage or something yesterday or soon or something? Say that again? Was there not a situational scrimmage of some kind in the past day? I think that's happening today, I thought. I could be wrong. Uh, mm, but well, I'm not, I've not seen anything that has come out. Well, I mean – Terry, they've they've got two indoor practice like oh, okay. facilities now on campus. They're going to be fine. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I know that 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 that's not a pleasant day. But really, it's going it's going to cool off a little bit. Thank goodness. You know what, guys? It's supposed to be cool in March. Yeah. Yeah. They're right. <laughs> there's also care, Terry. There's there's a lot of guys on campus. A lot of high school, uh, big name high school players on campus this mm-hmm. weekend as well. Oh, wonderful. Okay, you guys have a great day. Thanks, Terry. Terry. Good to hear from you. That is Terry joining us on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you as well. we got a couple of minutes before uh, we get to our bottom of the hour break. And then, uh, if you've missed it, we are having a new guest on the show, Parker Ainsworth, who is the host of Locked On Cougs. That is the uh, Houston Locked On podcast. I reached out to him, and uh, he was available to come on and was willing to come on and talk to us about this Houston basketball team. And uh, we'll learn some more about this team, I assume, and in their play last night as they escape with a win over Northern Kentucky in round one of the NCAA NCAA tournament will get an update on their health and what his feelings are about this game tomorrow between Auburn and Houston and we will break down more of this Auburn Iowa game from last night a lot more of that coming up later on in the show but yeah Carter your statement we were talking about it last night how and to Terry's point about this being Bruce's best coaching um, team it's absolutely right I mean you your statement is this is not a good team, but it has ended up being a good season. Given where this team was going and given the vibes around this program after the, the quote, win streak that Auburn had against bad teams in the conference, and then they actually started playing good teams and they started losing those games, this is a good season after you close the season like you did you get to the NCAA tournament, and you win a game. Because, look, it's hard to win NCAA tournament games. Ask Virginia. Ask Arizona. Like, it's hard to win an NCAA tournament game. And Auburn has done that, and they did it. I don't want to say in convincing fashion because they almost let it slip, but they didn't. And we'll get into that more later on in the show. But I think it's a really good way to put it. Not a good team. They're getting better, and they're playing better. But a successful season overall. So this is this brings me to my point that I brought up, uh, I believe, um, a few weeks ago. 
How many good teams are there in the country this year? Very few. There's not like it feels like the entire country is bad, um, and I think that's a big deal when you when you look at oh, that was painful um, fall there for this VCU player as I looked up at the television on that on that replay. I did not see um, it, but uh, yeah, like I don't think there's that many good teams. No, I mean, there's I'm not. Like, like there's Alabama. There's Kansas. There's a full-strength Houston. And if you get past that, like Marquette, I don't know how many other ones that I that I concretely feel great about as good teams. So I think you're, we're in a weird year where there's going to be a lot of chaos, and I think you could see some really odd, weirdly constructed rosters make some deep runs, which is why I think maybe Auburn, not counting them out. I'm not counting them out. No, and I don't think you can count Auburn out. Um, I think their their matchup with Houston could be good, but it also could be a nightmare. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up here in just a few minutes with, again, Parker Ainsworth, the host of Locked On Cougs. That is the Houston Locked On podcast. Excited to see what he has to say about this Houston team because there are a lot of people who have question marks about this Houston program. Coming up, we'll talk to him about Houston, the matchup with Auburn in the round of 32 with a trip to the Sweet 16 on the line. Plus, later on in the show, we'll break down Auburn versus Iowa and how Auburn can continue their success in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to our guest, and then phone lines will be open the rest of the show. Stay tuned. Parker Ainsworth, host of Locked On Cougs, the Houston Locked On podcast, joins us when we come back. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Well, happy to introduce and join the show a new guest here on On the Line, Parker Ainsworth, the host of Locked On Cougs, the Houston Locked On podcast. Parker, it's so nice to talk to you, man. We really appreciate you hopping on. I'm happy to talk some basketball. Um, I'm frankly, I was in a stupor after a, an ugly one last night, but I'm, I'm trying to be in a better mood now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's 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 that time of year where it's all about just surviving and advancing. I mean, Auburn's Final Four year, uh, arguably New Mexico State had a wide open three in the corner, should have beaten Auburn, and Auburn went on a pretty magical run after that. So it's all about just winning that first game. Definitely. Well, I, I can say we got that much done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, in this portion of the bracket, Auburn defeated Iowa last night. We'll get your thoughts on that game before we get into the matchup. But Houston, the one seed in this NCAA tournament, they had a rock fight last night with Northern Kentucky, the Norse. Houston gets it done 63 to 52 and frankly this was a game that down the stretch if northern kentucky hits some shots houston would really be sweating this thing but the cougars do get it done what'd you see from this game last night houston winning 63 to 52 yeah i think the big story there was houston did some unhouston like things on the season or at least they haven't been this year uh you know 17 turnovers a lot of turnovers for anyone but houston was averaging less than 10 a game so it almost doubled up there uh, and then they gave up 18 offensive rebounds. That never happens to a Kelvin Sampson team. And so 
um, you know, I, I can like analyze what was going on a little bit. You had some younger guards in because you had some older guards hurt. And so a lot of the North, uh, I would say the North, the Northern Kentucky North, their guards got some of those offensive rebounds. Right. Um, and kind of snuck through stuff. But on the whole, I mean, I, I walked away from the game once I caught my breath, uh, just like very like impressed by Northern Kentucky. Cause like, that's not your, that didn't feel like your typical 16 seed by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Just, just became a D one team 11 years ago. I feel like, you know, Kentucky that Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky region's got some pretty good basketball in it. And it mm-hmm. feels like they found the right kid. Were you surprised? Cause Jacob and I were watching the game together and it felt like Houston had such a size advantage with, uh, Jarris Walker. I know he finished with 16 points for the game, but I thought Houston would have gone early and often uh, quicker in that game, especially with the size advantage, because he looked about a foot taller and 40 pounds heavier than everybody Northern Kentucky had. Uh, were you surprised that Houston didn't just kind of uh, dominate down low and run away with the game early that way? Yeah, so I, I honestly thought he was the mismatch as well. I, he's, I mean, the first round pick, he's a lottery pick, top ten pick kind of guy, six nine, two forty, and shoots the three ball well and all that kind of stuff. And he shot the ball fairly well mm-hmm. and had a good defensive game himself. A lot of the turnovers, talk about seventeen turnovers for Houston, are like not throwing the ball. That's trying to get the ball to him, but not throwing it well. They threw a high low pass, went into the third row, um, a skip pass, trying to get across the press defense, like press defense went over the top of like even he couldn't jump up and get it. And then an inexplicable lob pass at one point too, just like kind of got errantly thrown and tipped up in the air when he just could have caught a regular drop off on at, at the post spot. Like just they couldn't get in the ball down low in a way that I think when he got it, he played really, really well, obviously. He just didn't get the ball enough. How did Houston get to this point of the season? Being a one seed, they now have that win under their belt in the NCAA tournament at 32-3 and overall. How did Houston get to this point in the season for our listeners here in Auburn that may not know all that much about this Houston squad? Well, so it's a Kelvin Sampson-led team with defense first and foremost. Uh, you know, They played 24 total opponents now, some of them being twice, obviously, in conference. And of those 24 teams, 10 of them have scored their season low against Houston. Um, they've held 20% of the teams they played. I'm sorry, 21 games this season. They've held the team to 20% or less uh, from their than their normal scoring output on the year. Um, and, and I think the big deal there is that it makes it look ugly because Houston wins these games where it's like, oh, if we just hit some more shots. But they're they're very intentional about like forcing you to shoot shots that they know from their reports you're not good at. Um, and, and so. That, that's the big leading thing there. And then, honestly, the thing that I'm hoping Auburn fans get to see is this kid Marcus Sass is really, really good. <laughs> and um, I'm sure we'll talk about more about him in a second. But if, if he's not on the floor, they're a little bit different team offensively, obviously. So, yeah, and he's not the only player that's uh, dealing with a little bit of uh, kind of some injury kind of questions about the health. Uh, Jamal Sheed, uh, he – has a hyperextended knee, I believe. What is the status of those two guys going into tomorrow's game? So they're being pretty tight-lipped about things. Uh, Sasser, I guess the initial injury was a strained groin in the conference semifinal. He missed the conference final Mm -hmm. and then played the first half of the opening round game and left just before halftime. Looked like he planted wrong on a, a fadeaway jump shot, and that was all she wrote for him. And then uh, Jamal Shedd, is a you know a downhill point guard. I call him a running back playing point guard a lot of ways. Um, a downhill kind of guy, really really aggressive. 
And he was kind of limping funny at one point in the game last night. And then after the game, it sounds like he had hyperextended his knee. Uh, he walked out of the gym with a pair of ice bags on. But he is barely like confident that he is playing on Saturday. I don't know what percentage of him we will see. I don't know what he will look like. But he is very confident he's playing on Saturday. And so, you know, the 90 versus 85% of him we see could be a big difference. And it sounded like Kelvin Sampson after the game, after Houston had defeated Northern Kentucky, he was worried about it and concerned, and rightfully so. Yeah, so I think the interesting thing is Sampson would point to, and I think they're preaching this today, uh, this year's team. Last year's team went to the Elite Eight with their two highest scores suffering major season-ending injuries in the month of December. And, you know, like that team was still in the Elite Eight team coming off of a Final Four the year before. Like This is a, a program built to withstand these kind of things. The deal here is it's just such a short turnaround. You've got to like kind of reinvent roles and you know re-talk through and re-game plan and this kind of stuff based on this happening kind of last minute, whereas last year's team had those injuries in December, and then by the time March came around, they kind of figured out who they were. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying Samson and crew can't do it. I I've, I've, like, feel fairly confident we got one of the best coaches in America. I just do worry about the short turnaround, and then on top of it all, you know, you're you're playing in a silly tournament where chaos happens. I mean, we just had Furman upset yesterday, and all, all, all those kind of things seem to happen in March. So, you know. Yeah, and that's how the NCAA tournament goes, and you have to be playing your best basketball. And even then, sometimes it's just not good enough with the craziness of March Madness. Speaking with Parker Ainsworth, the host of Locked On Cougs, the Houston Locked On podcast about this Houston Cougars team. Of course, Auburn is matched up with them tomorrow night in Birmingham for the round of 32. Want to get your your thoughts on this Auburn team, their season as a whole, and then their performance last night against Iowa in the first round. What is your break? down at this Auburn team as they come into the matchup with Houston? Well, I, I got to be honest, I kind of was doing research going into the week on both Auburn and Iowa, and I thought Auburn was better than Iowa. They certainly seemed like they finished the season better than Iowa, and then I talked to some people through the Locked On Network. It sounds like they also may be playing their best fast right now. I was really impressed by this Broom kid, the big guy mm-hmm. they played down low. Um, I guess he's not technically averaging a double-double, but it appears like to me that he can get a double-double kind of whenever he wants. He's a big, strong kid with a lot of High motor, a lot of energy. Um, and then Wendell Green is kind of the engine that makes them go to me as a point guard. He strikes me a lot. So Houston played Memphis three times this season, twice in season, and then once in the conference championship. He strikes me a lot like their kid Kendrick Davis, where he's a great point guard that still gets a lot of his points in the lane and at the free throw line because he's just an attack mode kind of kid all the time. Um, I, I was really, really impressed with those two kids in the Iowa game specifically, but moreover, like even in their – I guess they upset was it Tennessee at the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're impressive basketball players. When you look at this Auburn team, what do you think this this Houston team has to do? What do they have to limit to have success tomorrow night uh, in Birmingham? Well, they need to keep uh, Wendell Green off the free throw line. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. on a crazy. What's, what's the streak up to now? Like thirty five or something like that. Yeah, um, he's he, he set the. Jim Nance tried his hardest to like announcers jinx that and and kept bringing it up that he had the longest streak in school history. They kept putting the graphic on TV, like they did everything to try to get him. Yeah, to and and he stepped up and knocked down all eight of his free throws last night, which so he still has that strength and that streak intact. I think it's somewhere around that thirty four thirty five mark. Well, and Jim Nance is a Houston Cougar, so I'm sure he's doing his best there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, Wendell Green, keep him off the free throw line, keep him out of the paint. Um, and then, frankly, force Aub- – I know it sounds weird after watching them play yesterday. They shot 36% from three yesterday. But force Auburn into contested three-point jump shots. They're not 
a tremendous three-point shooting team, even though they shot so well on Thursday. If, if I'm Calvin Sampson in Houston, I'm picking out a couple guys that I'm just okay with letting shoot threes and saying, well, if those guys hit a bunch of threes, we'll live with it. Um, but I, I will say that I, as I'm saying that right now, looking across it, like Jalen Williams is a pick and pop forward, I guess be the guy I cover up. And Wendell Green has shown like he will shoot threes. He's just not mm-hmm. necessarily the most efficient from beyond there. Um, but that that would be my strategy is trying to make sure that Broome doesn't beat you down low, that Green stays out of the paint, and that if they hit a bunch of threes on the top of your head while you're like, contesting them, I guess it's just that's what March is, you know? Yeah, I mean, so something I do think that is uh, kind of lost when you look at the kind of 10,000-foot view of this Auburn season, Auburn was a really, really bad three-point shooting team. And then the the game at Tennessee where they lost 46-43 turned out to be this weird turning point for them. And from that point on, they go from, I think, the second worst three-point shooting team in the SEC to the best three-point shooting team, shooting about 38.8%. So I do think that that's going to be something that if Auburn can keep that up, it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, I will ask you this because we've heard – Kelvin Sampson say a lot about it. Uh, this game is taking place in Birmingham, just two hours up the road from Auburn. A lot of Auburn fans live in Birmingham. Uh, he's described it as a road game. He's been very vocal about it. How do you see that impacting this matchup tomorrow night? Oh, I mean, you could hear it through the TV on Thursday. They are there and they're loud. Uh, and SEC crowds, I mean, y'all know as well as anyone, are loud and boisterous. And it's a Saturday, and I'm sure that they'll have had a good day all day long and be having ready to have a good time. Saturday night. I think the interesting thing that, you know, Samson obviously is going to make his comments because that he makes snarky comments all the time. I, I would almost wonder if Iowa has the bigger beef because the conference, the committee has very much said like, they don't, they don't really worry about it after the first round because you don't know who's going to be where. And I mean, the final four is in Houston this year, right? We're not going to exactly move that just because if Houston were to make it right. Um, but Iowa had to play the first-round matchup in what was more or less a road environment. And I'd almost wonder if Iowa has a bigger beef there um, because the, the committee does act like they try and negate those kind of things in the opening round. Um, now, it's the second round, and I guess you could theoretically argue, like, of course it's going to happen one game at the other or whatever. Houston was undefeated on the road this season. Um, they lost one game away from home at a neutral site without Marcus Sasser. Um, obviously we're talking like he may not play on Saturday. We'll see. Um, and so that, that I guess is concerning, but Houston played very well on the road this season and went into some hostile environments where there was Memphis or Virginia or what hat Oregon, et cetera, and knocked off some fairly strong teams across the board. So I don't think they're intimidated. I think snark, I think snarky comments just kind of come with Kelvin Sampson every now and then. And I, I appreciate it getting talked about a lot though, because that means people are paying attention, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, he it's it's understandable why why he would bring it up and it's understandable why he would have that concern, but I think at the end of the day, if if Auburn was in the opposite situation going and playing in a in a hostile city with a bunch of fan bases, I would say the same thing. You just got to show up and play your best basketball and, and try to win, right? So, we'll see how it goes. Speaking with Parker Ainsworth, host of Locked On Cougs, the Houston Locked On podcast as we get the rundown on this Houston team, Auburn and Houston tomorrow in the second round of the NCAA tournament with a trip to the Sweet 16 on the line. Parker, what's it going to take for Houston to beat Auburn coming off of a not-so-great performance against Northern Kentucky? And then what does Auburn have to do to try to pull the upset? Well, for Houston, I think the big deal is um, even if Sasser were to play, he's not going to be 100%, right? So where do you find ways to make up that production 
Is it in the wing, Tremont Mark, who kind of had an up-and-down scoring year? He's had 20 in a couple games. He's had four in a couple games, right? Uh, it, does he have a 20-point kind of day? Do you find it with, you know, the big fella, Jairus uh, Walker, that we opened with talking about? Does he have his, like, hey, I'm a top-five pick in the NBA draft kind of game where he dominates the ball a little bit more? He's played a lot without the ball in his hands, and frankly, the defense is what makes him such a big draft asset but you know does he step up and have his own 23 24 point days at a couple of those this season does he have that kind of outing against Auburn and, and just where do you find the pieces to put those together frankly against Northern Kentucky it was a freshman named Emmanuel Sharp who showed up and had eight points in about a four minute stretch from three, uh, two of the shots from behind the arc right mm-hmm. just kind of popped out of feeling like nowhere for Auburn I think the big thing will be um, honestly kind of following the recipe that Northern Kentucky struck there which was Forced Houston to turn it over because Houston doesn't. Houston plays a very slow pace, right? So they play 63 possessions a game. I think lead, like average across all of college basketball is like 66 and a half. So slower than the other 150 whatever teams, right? And if you're not holding on to the basketball for a chunk of those possessions, suddenly that like really hurts you a lot more than it might hurt a team that plays at a faster pace, right? And so with Houston's slow pace, if you can turn them over, uh, suddenly the opportunity to score become pretty limited for the Cougs. And, you know, I don't – you you watch them closer than I do. You don't probably know how good they are at doing those kinds of things. I know I do know they turned Iowa over eight times in the game last night. Um, and so, you know, may, maybe something something that puts more defense pressure on the, on the point guard, especially if Jamal Shedd is banged up or whatever. Getting used to turn over, though, is really, really what worked for Northern Kentucky. Auburn and Houston tomorrow night in Birmingham in the second round of the NCAA tournament with a trip to the Sweet 16 on the line. Parker Ainsworth, host of Locked on Cougs, the Locked on Houston podcast. Man, we appreciate you coming on and taking some time to talk about Houston, enlighten us, and enlighten our listeners about this Houston team and what to expect tomorrow in the second round. I know it's anticipated here in Auburn, and I hope that it's anticipated there in Houston as well. Man, plug your podcast, plug everything you got, how our people People can find you and everything you're working on. Yeah, Locked on Cougs. We're on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We just started this podcast, uh, the Houston Cougar version of this podcast, in like late October. So still growing, still new. Uh, it's quite a first basketball season to get to cover. Uh, yeah. We get to talk about interesting characters like Kelvin Sampson and Dana Holgerson. So we'll talk in all things Cougs. That's uh, Locked on Cougs. Uh, Locked on Cougs. C O O G S. Wherever you get your podcast. And now on Twitter, if you want to talk a little noise, I'm open to it. Uh, I'm at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512. Awesome, man. Well, again, we appreciate your time. It's great to talk to you, and uh, hopefully uh, we have a great game tomorrow night, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy March, man. Hope it's a good one. Yep, thanks, man. That is Parker Ainsworth, again, the host of Locked on Cougs, the Locked on Houston podcast. Uh, reached out, and he was able to come on and give us some information about this Houston team, and sounds like the health is still a question mark for this team as they get into the game tomorrow night. Auburn and Houston in the round of 32 tomorrow night in Birmingham. So, again, big thank you to Parker Ainsworth, host of Locked on Cougs. we got to get to our final break here in hour number one. We'll come back and wrap it up. Talk about, is this Houston team beatable tomorrow night in Houston. We'll talk about it when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one on a rainy Friday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird on the Friday edition 
of On the Line. Big, big thank you again to Parker Ainsworth, the host of Locked on Cougs, the Locked on Houston podcast, giving us all the information we need for this Houston basketball team, how they got to be a one seed, what they do well, how they match up against this Auburn team, and what both Houston and Auburn have to do to try to win this game tomorrow night. Gave an interesting breakdown of Auburn and the three guys he noticed and pointed out, Jani Broom, Wendell Green, and Jayla Williams. Those yeah, are the I guys mean, he pointed out. Shocking. I mean, if you were going to add a fourth, it'd be Alan Flanagan. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you would have to. We have to include Katie Johnson with the way he's playing right now. And after last night, you better include Trey Donaldson. <laughs> Maybe have him do it two games in a row. Yes. Before we, before we start <laughs> yes. including. Him I was in waiting that on group. you to say something. Yes, he hundred <laughs> percent has to do this more consistently uh, for him to get the coverage and the uh, respect that uh, he needs. But again, big thank you uh, to Parker Ainsworth. If you missed any of that interview, you can catch up with the podcast ESPNAU.com. Go to uh, the podcast center right after the show. It'll be commercial free right there. Uh, he had some interesting things to say, and if you're looking for some more information on this Houston team, uh, he had some some really really good points and health is a still it's still a big big concern for this Houston team two of their star players are sounds like it's basically 50 50 because they don't really know nobody's heard anything Houston's not telling anything it sounds like Jamal Shedd is gonna play it sounds like that one's gonna happen but when you look at some of the uh Marcus Sasser we don't know um didn't play in the second half last night that I think that's important to note and that's something that is worth talking about because, um, I mean, I, I've covered a team in Northwestern this year that had a guy who came back from an ankle sprain and then sprained it again. Came back too early. A few minutes into the game. Yeah. And they shut him down for the rest of the year. Um, when you re-injure an injury like that, I think generally you see teams um, – kind of progress with extreme caution because you don't want to turn a strain into a tear and potentially prevent Marcus Sasser's ability to um, play in the NBA or get ready for the NBA draft, Mm -hmm. uh, all of those things. You don't want him to have to have some sort of surgery uh, or if he comes back, like, you want him... Because, I mean, if this Houston team makes a deep run... You want him to be able to play at some point, and pushing it in this matchup might be a little reckless. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Houston having some injury problems. We'll see how that affects the game tomorrow night. But hour number one is in the books. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. We'll talk Auburn's win over Iowa last night, and we'll preview Auburn and Houston tomorrow in Birmingham. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
here on the line, here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Friday, March 17th, 2023. Happy St. Patrick's Day of 2023 on a rainy, gloomy, chilly Friday afternoon in the Auburn Opelika area. Day two of the NCAA tournament as games roll on through the afternoon. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is underway right here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast after the show. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. And just click on the podcast center. It'll be commercial free right there, right after the show. We talked about all the games that happened yesterday and uh, gave you some updates from the games going on right now. We'll give you some more updates coming up in just a few minutes. We also had a new guest on the show, Parker Ainsworth, the host of Locked On Cougs, the Locked On Houston podcast, hopped on the show and gave us a rundown of this Houston team, their matchup with Auburn, and what it's going to take for both teams to try to get a victory tomorrow night in Birmingham so if you missed any of that from hour one go back and catch up with the podcast ESPNAU.com coming up at hour number two we'll give you some updates from around the country in the NCAA tournament talk about Auburn's big win over Iowa last night in the NCAA tournament and then preview Auburn and Houston in the second round tomorrow in the NCAA tournament phone lines are open all of hour number two three three four three two one thirteen ninety it's been a great day again for college basketball Carter. Yeah, I mean, I think this entire tournament is going to be that. Um, as although somebody forgot to tell Iowa State that it's so bad, they're allowed to shoot. If you if you miss this also before this this Iowa State game, as they are down nineteen to two, hey, nine minutes into the game, nine minutes in, they have two points. They are. Uh, I mean, it basically is Oral Roberts dressed up in their <laughs> in their jerseys to, One, today. Iowa State said, "Hold um, my beer, sir." <laughs> But uh, before the game, the basket had some sort of issue. They brought out a level on Iowa State's back basket and had to make sure it was level. Hmm. Um, so if Iowa State comes roaring back, wouldn't that be a storyline about this tournament, about the, the broken basket that led to the weirdest basketball game of the, of the tournament? I hear corruption. No, I'm just kidding. It is 20-2 now. Pittsburgh over Iowa State in that first half. Let's get to the phone lines before we give you some updates. 334-321-1390. Daniel, you're on the line to start hour number two. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Doing great, right. man. Good. First of all, War Eagle. Great yeah. win last night. Great win. Mm-hmm. Huge win. Was a, little, was a little nervous. They always, they always like to play with our emotions, letting them back into it when I went on that uh, run. Do y'all have any update on Chris Moore on his injury? And what happened? It looked like a stinger or something with his shoulder. I couldn't tell. If I had a guess with the shoulder issues that he has had, and I'm knowing that my uh, shoulder, my own shoulder issues of my sports playing career, um, I could I could definitely see either his – there's some ways that you can hit a nerve in that shoulder with certain movements where that arm will go numb and go, kind of go limp on you, or that shoulder could uh, sublex and, like, move around in the socket, and then that kind of has a similar effect where uh, the arm goes numb. I think that's kind of what happened because if you recall, he had that big fall a, f- uh, a couple months ago where he came down on his shoulder, missed some time, He'd been in a big shoulder brace for a while, um, 
he was out of the shoulder brace, and then they brought him back on the bench wearing that brace again. Jacob's got, I guess, more. Yeah, and a quote from Chris Moore. This is from uh, this is from yesterday. It's actually from today uh, from AL.com, and, and I saw this quote a little bit earlier. So Chris Moore did sort of uh, tweak that shoulder a little bit again. Uh, he went out last night and, and wasn't as effective down the stretch with that shoulder, but, quote, no injury could put me down. And so from the words of Chris Moore, sounds like he's going to be playing tomorrow. Okay, good deal. All right, well, hopefully we can show up again for the Houston game. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate the call, Daniel. It's good to hear from you to start hour number two. Yeah, it says, I was just battling the whole game, Moore said. Uh, Again, this is the quote in the story on AL.com. I was just battling the whole game, Moore said. I tried my best not to show it, but when I caught that pass, it was kind of probably the point where I had to sit down and get it looked at before I continued playing. Uh, He yeah, went back to the locker room and got kind of worked on. He said it was tough for me because I've been battling injuries a lot this season. It was just something that our coach definitely put an emphasis on, that we got to have every guy healthy, so he sat me out. I wasn't mad. My team was playing good. Everybody was playing good. So when that happens and I can't be mad at nothing, we got a good dub tonight. It's what Chris Moore said. And so uh, he it sounds like he's going to play according to Chris Moore. Now, will his minutes be limited because of that? Possibly. And quote from Chris Moore, he says, there's no way I'm going to show everybody that I'm weak and I ain't got no fight in me, is what Chris Moore said. He says, I'm going to show everybody I got fight. No injury could put me down. I love him. I love him. And that awesome? Mindset. <laughs> I love that is, so much. Chris is may not be the most talented guy on the court. He may not be the most skilled. But boy, he's got a great motor and he works so hard on the court. And, and he loves he Auburn. A lot of dirty work. Yes, absolutely. I... There's a lot of qualities that I love about uh, Chris Moore as Iowa State has finally scored a second basket. hey Good for them. Well, that's a good... That's uh, our first made field goal of the game with 9.40 left in the first half. That's probably not a great feeling, if I'm just being honest. Probably not a great feeling for Iowa State as they're down 22-4 to to Pitt. But uh, that's a great starting point to our conversation here in hour number two. So, Daniel, we appreciate the call. We'd love to hear from any more of our listeners, 334-321-1390. Your reactions to Auburn's victory last night over Iowa. How do you feel about their performance? How do you feel about them holding on to that win down the stretch when Iowa went on a run I think a very important note that we're going to get into, Auburn may have given up a 17-point lead, but they never truly gave it up. Iowa never got within four. That was the closest they got it. Auburn never truly gave up the lead. And I think Mm -hmm. that is a very important aspect of this that we'll get into in just a second. So we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on last night's game and how do you feel going into round two versus Houston tomorrow. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. There were some remarkable similarities, honestly, when you look at the the Auburn game at uh, Alabama and the the game last night against Iowa. Around the exact same point, I think it was three seconds different. I think maybe at Alabama, I think it was 10.50 left with, with a 17-point lead. Uh, against Iowa, I think it was 10.47 left. We know Auburn... Um, coughed up that 17-point lead and lost in overtime to Alabama. Iowa got to within four, uh, and then Auburn never – it got scary, but they never gave up the lead. And that's something you talked about last night when we were watching the game. That's so key, just the way that this Auburn team um, showed me some toughness that I don't think we've consistently seen this year 
with, hey, things are not going our way. Peyton Sanford's getting really hot. He's hitting some shots. Uh, but they answered. They kept Iowa kind of far enough at arm's length where Iowa was not able to tie the game or take the lead and were able to seal the game with a big victory to advance out, out of the first round. 11-0 in the round of 64, Auburn is. Isn't that awesome? And that's such an awesome record that Auburn is undefeated in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They haven't been there historically a ton, but when they've been there, they've never lost in the first round. So uh, I think that is a, a fun fact, along with Wendell Green breaking the program record for consecutive free throws made. And so we'll see how far he can take that in tomorrow's game. But I think it's important to note, again, like you said and like I brought up, how Auburn never gave up the lead against Iowa. Yes, they were up by 17 and things were going good. Trey Donaldson was hitting threes. Auburn was flowing. Auburn was feeling themselves last night. And Trey, as I pull up the game on ESPN to look at the game cast, that's the video that popped up, was the heat check for Trey Donaldson, the step back three on the right wing, where he just he ripped it's that probably thing not with a confidence. Shot you need Trey Donaldson taking a lot, but he hit it. He so. buried it. He went three for three last night. So uh, credit to him for stepping up. Big points from him off the bench. But Auburn never gave up that lead against Iowa. And I think that is something we have not seen Auburn be able to do. And we have not been able to see Auburn close out games down the stretch when a team goes on a run. Because Iowa did not shoot the ball well in that first half. And for the start of the second half, they did not shoot that ball well. But you knew, as one of the best offensive teams in the country, they were going to get hot. And they were going to start hitting some shots. And they did. They gave up. Auburn's defense gave up 49 points in that second half, but Auburn's offense scored 52. And I think Mm -hmm. that's extremely valuable for this team moving forward. Yeah, 100%. I think think it's the first time all year that Auburn has had six players in double figures. Uh, As Hey, look at at VCU. Look at VCU. Trying to. There was uh, a hilarious moment as you were talking where um, St. Mary's was trying to get an offensive rebound, and their big man is taller than everybody on VCU's team. And it was like he was just playing volleyball with the backboard. He just was spiking the ball <laughs> off the backboard like three, four times. And finally, one went over the backboard. It was very funny to watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, also, hey, don't don't count out this Vermont team that's within five of Marquette. Stop. Oh, no. I hate that because oh, I got Marquette no. in literally every Final Four oh. and winning multiple national oh, championships. no. I do, too. I love that Marquette team. They cannot lose. That's not okay. Tyler Kolek picked up his third foul of the game, I think, 20 seconds, maybe a minute, 20 seconds into the second half. So After being been, injured early in the first half. Yeah, so he's he's been on the bench a lot in this game, and that is significant as Mm. there comes Vermont oh gosh this is gonna be a tight one it's gonna make me it's gonna just make my stomach churn watching oh, this knowing they can no, blow up my, my bracket in a way that uh none of these other games have truly done yet Arizona didn't put you down no because I have them losing in every sweet 16 I have because interesting my Creighton Blue Jays baby let's go they're like that Creighton team they just got underway they're up by three right now uh, in their first round game but uh yeah man this NCAA tournament's been it's been awesome and we knew it was going to be we knew it was going to be crazy we knew it was going to be hectic and upset city but man it's been a lot of fun and Auburn technically gets the upset last night the nine seed over the eight seed. Uh, the winning record continues for nine seeds over eight seeds historically in the NCAA tournament as Auburn beats Iowa 83 to 75. And 
We mentioned this in the first half, and it's important for us to mention it again. And you came up with this, and, and, and it's really, really good. This Auburn team is not a good team. They're playing good right now, and you have to give them credit where it's due. But throughout this season, it has been an up-and-down year. Overall, coming into SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, it was sort of a disappointing season given what the expectations are, what the expectations were for this team in particular given the guys that are on the roster, and just given what has happened in this season, unable to beat the best of the best, unable to close out close games down the stretch, have chances to win games on final shots, and just not making the plays to do it. Coming into the NCAA tournament, this has been a rather disappointing season. But getting an NCAA tournament win will change everything. It changes the narrative for an entire season because it's hard to get wins in the NCAA tournament. It is extremely hard. And Auburn finding a way to do that last night against a very good offensive team in Iowa. Yes, Auburn had the better matchups. They had better players. They have a better coach. But that's a good Iowa team. And Auburn found a way to get it done and win a game in the NCAA tournament, which there's a lot of good teams and programs that cannot say that sitting here on a Friday afternoon, two days into the NCAA tournament. I mean, look at a team like Arizona, right? Look at Virginia. Look at Texas A&M. Those are teams that are solid that did not get a win yesterday. And so the fact that Auburn did get a win says a lot about the fight of this team and how they have turned it around over the last month of this season. And so credit to Bruce Pearl and credit to these guys because they are playing their best basketball going into the Houston game tomorrow. So when, if you recall a long time ago when we were, um, when things were teetering on the precipice of this season falling apart for Auburn, Jack, who's going to call in here in a little bit, and I um, adjusted expectations for Auburn's basketball season. And it was win 10 games in the SEC, which you did, and win an NCAA tournament game. Some of us, it took a little more convincing to jump on board that that could happen. But we won't name names. Um, But Auburn's done exactly that. Now, everything from this point on is gravy. And nobody expects this Auburn team to go win tomorrow. Uh, So I think if they go in with that mindset of, hey, all all of the pressure, Every bit of it is on Houston. Because it is. banged up, potentially shorthanded Houston team as the one seed in this region. Auburn is the nine seed. Nobody expects you to win this game. If you come out and just lay your guts on the line to, to, to take a Pat Dye uh, euphemism there uh, and use it, if you lay your guts on the line... You might be able to push this Houston team and pick up another win and go to the Sweet 16, which would be a heck of a year for this Auburn team. No doubt about it. Houston, as I look at the betting line right now, favored by five and a half. Total is 131 and a half on a banged up Houston team. A a Houston team that we don't know what version we're going to get because we don't know what players are going to play. The big part of this Auburn team is consistency. They played good last night. Can they put it together for two games in a row where they just haven't been able to do that this season? We'll talk about that coming up when we come back. I believe we have Jack on the phone lines. We're going to get to him on the other side. 334-321-1390 on the other side the Friday edition of On the Line rolls on you are on the line 
on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And our good friend Jack Cutton is on the line. Jack, happy Friday, brother. Hey, guys, how are we? We are doing fantastic. As uh, I don't know if you heard, I think uh, you were listening when... Jack sounds caffeinated. Wow, coming in hot. Jacked up over there, Jack, on caffeine? No, I'm good. I'm, well, I mean, I'm usually jacked up, but you know, not really like what you would think. <laughs> that, that is that is very true. That is very true. Well, Jack, I know uh, I know you have some thoughts on Auburn versus Iowa last night and Auburn versus Houston coming up tomorrow. We'll start with Auburn, Iowa. Your thoughts on Auburn's victory last night in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Man, I was listening to the last part of that last segment, and Carter, you're right. I remember when you and I, um, after the game, I believe it was after that Georgia game in Athens. Um, you know, we, we got on and said, we're thinking that a 10-win season in the SEC and then winning one in the NCAA tournament, that's a successful season for this squad. And by golly, they turned around and did it. Um, and, you know, for a long time, I was, I was trying to remain positive and say that they're, they're a round of 32 team. They're a round of 32 team. And I wavered there a little bit towards the end. But, man, I was, I was glad to see them get it done last night. They got the win. Um, you know, this is just, it's such a testament, I think, to what this coaching staff has done in their time here. I mean, I've said this a few times now, but you got to go all the way back to 2015, 2016 as the last time Auburn has had this little amount of talent actually on the floor on their squad in terms of 247 star rankings. Um, and that team won 11 games. And now you've won 21 games as essentially the same amount of star talent on your team. Um, it's just, it's a testament to what Bruce Pearl and his coaching staff have done at Auburn. Um, you know, I know we're getting into this, I guess, fanhood mentality of you've got to start improving and, and getting past the, oh, you know, look how great, look how far we've come. But I mean, it really is something to step back and look at where this squad was eight, nine years ago, um, as, as something that has really turned into a, a real gem in college basketball. Yeah, Jack, I mean, when you look at something we've talked about, uh, I think we talked about last night when we all were watching the uh, the Houston game and some of the other late games, but uh, what do you make of the, the this season? Because I don't necessarily think that this Auburn team is a good or even – or a great or even good Auburn team, but I think the coaching job and, and the way that the results of this season, you have to respect, don't you? Well, I think – that I'm a little bit different from a lot of Auburn fans because I actually think the individual talent on this team is, is actually really good. Now, I know I just spent uh, the whole first part of my intro talking about how Auburn doesn't have the same talent according to the 247 stars, but, I mean, you look at some of the players they've got on the floor, they're, they're highly regarded players. Wendell Green and Janai Broom are all SEC guys. You've got Jalen Williams, who is every bit as talented as an all-SEC guy. I think Alan Flanagan at his best is probably close to that level. And so I think you got guys that are in all different positions around the floor. I just don't think it's really come together for this team. I think you got some what we'll call basketball IQ problems. Um, sometimes this team loves to, to sprint down the floor and, um, you know, put up a quick shot thinking that it's going to go in. And really, I mean, on, on one of their best nights, they're probably an average shooting team. Um, so despite all that, you know, you've got a game in a tournament that's hard to do, like Jacob, you mentioned, I believe, earlier in the show. 
it's hard to do if you're any team. You know, ask Virginia who failed yesterday. Ask Arizona. I mean, you know, ask all these teams who are getting real close wins even. It's, it's difficult to do that. Um, and I think what's really interesting now is tomorrow night you've got a chance to do something in your state that, that hasn't been done, um, at least in what I can find. I'm looking through some of the NCAA brackets from years ago, and you got to go back to 2004 and as the last time a number one seed, well, two number one seeds, that is, in the same tournament, lost in the second round. you got to go all the way back wow. to 2004 for that. And what's even more, what's even more historic, I think, if, if this happens tomorrow, is Auburn is going to be playing number one Houston. You've also got number one seed Alabama. If those two teams lose in number one spot, that will be the first time that I can find, at least ever, that that has happened at the same site. So they're at the same regional, two number one seeds going down in the second round. I can't find an instance where that's happened before, and I think that's really fascinating. Jack, you bring up Alabama playing uh, tomorrow in Birmingham. Nate Oates was asked about Auburn fans, and this is a, a, a tweet from Brian Stoltz. It says, Nate Oates on Auburn fans possibly staying around and cheering for Maryland on Saturday. Here's Nate Oates's quote. He says, hopefully they are smart enough to know they should root for the SEC, but Jack, weren't Alabama fans at the game rooting for Iowa last night? Yep. Yeah, there were a good bit of them out there <laughs> for Iowa. Um, you know, I, I I did see that quote earlier as I was um, I'm headed up to a wedding here, and um, you know, I was I was looking through Twitter a minute just a minute before I got on the road, and I saw that quote, and it just really made me think. The two words that I don't like in there are Auburn fans should do this and that they shouldn't or they should be smart enough to do this one don't tell me what to do as an alabama coach you know telling an auburn fan what to do what he should do and two that i I think i would have stayed away from the smart enough comment because yet again we get nate oates i don't know if you want to call it putting his foot in his mouth but it just has said some very odd things as of late yes he his press conference moments are one very dumb and two, he sounds like an epic jerk well, every I mean, time he opens his mouth. But let's let's talk this out because he also said, uh, "I would like during our game. I mean, if the uh, if we could get all the SEC uh, fans cheering for the SEC teams, uh, but you know." During the first half last night, you had Alabama fans. You could clearly hear on the broadcast when Auburn would go to the free throw line, they would I, be I chanting. You had said this; they were chanting "Roll they were, Tide, yeah. Roll Tide." So, like, you get out of here with that. But well, and the other thing that I find interesting is that over the last few years, you know, when has Auburn gotten a fair shake from SEC fans outside of Auburn fans? I mean, it's very often that when Auburn does something wrong or something that's presumed as wrong, SEC fans like to jump on Auburn and, and they like to label them as cheaters. And you know, I mean, you had the whole FBI thing a few years ago where people kind of latched onto evidence that that really wasn't true about Bruce Pearl mm-hmm. and about the team, and so. Um, you know, my my response to cheer for the SEC is, well, when does the SEC ever cheer for Auburn? No, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and cheer who I want for, who I want to um, for the remainder of the tournament. Well, I mean, let's just talk this out a little more. I mean, this this Alabama team. Well, one, it's Auburn Alabama. It's one of the most heated rivalries in all of intercollegiate athletics. Two, everyone in America is rooting against this Alabama team on the basis of morals. And the fact that this Alabama team is 
the biggest villain right now in intercollegiate athletics? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think the something that you're seeing with the Alabama fan base as well is it, it's almost like they're kind of enjoying the villain role. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know, you know, how much social media is gonna is you can interpret real life out of social media, but I mean that that seems seems to be the vibe on you know, the Twitter and everything like that. I just called it the Twitter. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> you only said anyway, 70 years the old thing that right I now. see. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I see. I mean, it's just, it's very obvious that they like being the villain, and we'll, we'll see. I don't know what it'll do for them. Yeah, well, Jack, hey, man, it's good to talk to you, brother. Be safe on the way to a wedding. We're getting to the bottom of the hour break, talking Auburn and Houston on the other side. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line as the rain comes down here in Auburn Opelika. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. We appreciate Jack calling in, talking a little ball with us for a few minutes as he's on the road. And, um, We'd love to hear from you, our listeners as well. Phone lines are open the rest of the show. 334-321-1390. How do you feel about Auburn's game tomorrow against Houston in the second round of the NCAA tournament? Are you feeling good given how Auburn played last night? Are you worried that Houston's a one seed or maybe have a little bit of hope because of uh, some possible injury concerns for Houston? Give us a call. 334-321-1390. 1390, and I want to go on that conversation just a little bit more about what Nate Oates said about Auburn fans at the games tomorrow, how they should cheer for the SEC squad. Well, Maryland's head coach had a few things to say about this because, of course, Alabama playing Maryland in that game late tomorrow night. They are the last game to tip off tomorrow in the NCAA tournament. Maryland's head coach had a couple of things to say. Did Kevin Willard uh, talking about this? He said, I'm hoping Auburn wins because then their fans will stick around. He said, I'm afraid if Auburn loses, then at 940 at night, knowing Auburn fans, they're probably going to the bar. <laughs> that's that's what Maryland's head coach said about Auburn because Auburn plays first and uh, he's hoping the Tigers win because he wants Auburn fans to stick around because he knows they're cheering for Alabama. They're cheering for Alabama to lose and they're going to be cheering for Maryland in that basketball game. Love it. Isn't that Kevin awesome? Willard, love it. Oh, this guy. Now, I didn't like this part. He big, said, big Maryland fan. He said, now. stick around, Willard said. Should be a good game, and it's 940 at night. This is the part I don't really like. What else is there to do in Birmingham? It's like, come watch a great game and chill out. I think the NCAA sells beer now. I'm not sure. Do they? Yeah, it's a great place to be. It's going to be a good game. They've got a great game. Why not? Is what Kevin Willard said, head coach of Maryland. I don't like the statement about what else is there to do in Birmingham. I He's think there are so things well. to He's do in Birmingham. So well, Kevin Willard was yeah. until he pulled a Dana Holgerson after yep. the, the Birmingham Bowl a couple years ago when he was like, the food is awful in this place. Like, oh, the restaurants stink. Yeah, like, what's up yada, with the yada, bashing of like, Birmingham? I mean, that's just when Dana Holgerson did that of such poor form. And um, I hope the the city of Birmingham takes it out on Houston tomorrow. <laughs> well, maybe they will. But yeah, so Maryland's coach is in on this action as well. But to to sort of wrap this up before we truly get into our preview of Auburn versus Houston. 
you've got to be out of your mind if you're Nate Oates thinking that Auburn fans are going to hang around and cheer for Alabama. Like, you are out of your mind if you think that's going to happen. That would be if Bruce Pearl came out and said, you know what, Alabama fans? I want you to cheer for Auburn because it's the right thing to do. Like, no. get out of here, man. Care no, focus to... on your own game, man. Who cares? But having said all of this, if Alabama were to lose and there is a contingent of Auburn fans rooting for Maryland, you better believe he's going to whine about it in this post-game press conference. Yes, he will. You better believe he will. Well, we basically played a, a 50-50 split on the crowd because Auburn fans stuck around and cheered against us, which... Don't, I don't agree. Like It's going to be something like that. I guarantee it. So, I mean, if you're more worried, it's like Kelvin Sampson from Houston. If you're more worried about who's going to be in the stands rather than the team you're going to be playing on the floor, then you've got bigger problems, buddy. That's my opinion. You don't hear Bruce talking about it. Bruce ain't worried about it. Now, they are playing in Birmingham, but if Auburn makes a run to the Final Four, will he make a comment about, yeah, we're playing in Houston uh, no, because they would have beaten Houston to get there, but you get what I'm saying. Like, if you are worried about who's in the stands rather than the team you have to play against, you've got bigger problems, in my opinion. So, Nate Oates, don't agree with it. Maryland's head coach, Kevin Willard, love it. Love it. He has bought in on this. And that is knowing the situation. What a guy. And I absolutely love that he had those things to say. But uh, again, we'd love to hear from you. How do you feel about this game tomorrow? Auburn and Houston after the Tigers take down Iowa in round one. They match up with the one seed Houston Cougars in round two. Give us a call. 334-321-1390. How do you feel about this, Carter? Because Houston... Again, we don't know the status of a couple of their key players. We know that they struggled to beat a Northern Kentucky team who, if they shoot anything better than 20% average combined, they win that game. And Houston gets through, and Auburn was able to hold off an Iowa run late. I think Auburn's playing better coming into this game tomorrow than Houston is, but there's a reason that Houston's the number one seed. Yeah, I think that's 100% true, and I think everybody needs to keep in mind, let's think back to uh, just a few years ago when Auburn maybe didn't play the best of games against New Mexico State, a really good New Mexico State team, and Auburn was a five seed, so a little bit different, five and 12 rather than one and 16, but Auburn survived that game uh, and then really turned it up a notch or two uh, the rest of the way as they ran through Kansas, ran through UNC, and beat Kentucky in the Elite Eight in overtime to uh, go to the Final Four. Should have beaten Virginia, should have won a national championship, even without Chuma Okiki. Um, But, I mean, I think it's all about – there's a reason why when we had Brad Law on the show on Tuesday, Brad said the first win is the toughest. The first win is the toughest because you're getting used to the tournament, all the stuff. There's that added pressure of getting that first win. And then I think things loosen up after that. I think they especially loosen up for Auburn with the fact that they're a nine seed playing a one seed. Uh, And this, uh, when you look at this Houston team with the injuries they do have, we don't know who all is 100% and who's not. They are the one seed. They didn't look great in the first round. I think there is still a level of pressure that they're going to have to deal with, and I'm really curious to see how it plays out tomorrow. I'm I'm glad you bring up the Final Four year where Auburn did not play a good first opening game where New Mexico State had a wide-open three to beat Auburn and put that dream season to end in the first round. Take last year. 
where Auburn was a really good team yeah. and didn't end and went into the tournament and played a good first game, right? We were worried about Auburn going into the tournament. They played a really good first game, gave everybody a lot of hope going into the second round game against Miami and just completely folded like a wet paper bag and let Miami beat them and embarrass them in the second round of the NCAA tournament. That's what brings this up for tomorrow. Which Auburn do you get? You take those two historical things for Auburn, you put it into tomorrow's game, plus what we know about this year's Auburn squad where it's been about impossible for them to put two games together back-to-back. They've done it, but not consistently. So what's going to happen tomorrow with Auburn playing a pretty solid first game where you had command most of that time, you blew that 17 lead, quote-unquote, but Iowa never took the lead. What are you going to get from Auburn tomorrow? And how can they carry their momentum, their good stretch of play yesterday into a game tomorrow against a good Houston team who, again, is the number one overall seed? So I'll say this because we saw at the end of the year, we saw how Auburn in games they were underdogs, uh, games that not a lot was expected of them. They came out and played loose. They played well. This is another one of those instances. Nobody expects Auburn to win this game. You have every right to show up and just play free and just um, give it 120% um, when you were the 7 seed playing a 10 seed Arkansas. And like technically, Arkansas was a slight favorite in the game. Auburn was a higher seed. You didn't see that same effort out of Auburn and you still somehow almost won the game Uh, I really think you're going to see an Auburn team that is motivated uh, that knows they're playing with an advantage with the crowd that knows nobody has them picked to win this game heck a lot of people including uh, our good friend Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC didn't have (laughs) Auburn beating Iowa Um, I think Auburn shows up I think they play really really hard tomorrow and I think they play well and I think they get the win. Mm, interesting. Well, Jack just texted us. He said he picks Auburn tomorrow to win, too. Look, Auburn should play with confidence tomorrow. There's no reason yes. they should not be confident going into tomorrow's game. Given everything that all the factors we've just talked about, Auburn should be a confident team tomorrow night in Birmingham against Houston with a home crowd. Auburn should feel good about themselves going into this game and the, the point that you keep hammering home that I think is very important, the pressure is on Houston. That's what's great about the NCAA tournament and underdogs. The pressure is on the higher seeds. The pressure is on a team like Houston who had the second best betting odds to win the national championship coming into the NCAA tournament. The pressure is on Kelvin Sampson and this Houston team tomorrow. And if Auburn can use that, and like you said, Carter, play freely, play like we know they can, like they have in certain games down the stretch, Tennessee, Alabama, yesterday against Iowa. If they play that way, Auburn will be in this game for 40 minutes, and Auburn has a chance to win this game tomorrow night in Birmingham. And if Houston is not 100% healthy, because there's a good chance that's the case, Auburn doesn't have as big of matchup problems with Houston, which I think is really key to note here. Houston Houston, um, Houston shows some big matchup problems for Auburn one through five because they're big. They're a big team, man, and they're a physical team, and they outsize Auburn more times than not. Yeah, they're big, they're long, they're athletic, but uh, I think regardless of who's on the court tomorrow night, 
this Houston team will not be at 100% because I don't think, from talking about Jamal Shedd, I don't think he's going to be at 100% with his hyperextended knee. I don't think Marcus Sasser plays, but if he does, he will not be 100%. I just, I, I don't see you coming off um, a restrain of your groin and 48 hours later be full strength. I mean, not even 48 hours later because they played the late game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see you being full strength in that game. I think you're going to get a shorthanded uh, Houston team. I think Shed plays. Shed's probably the third uh, best player on this team behind Jarris Walker and Marcus Sasser. Marcus Sasser is the guy for this team. No doubt. Averaging 16.7 points per game. He is the leading scorer by five and a half full points over Jairus Walker. Jer- uh, Jamal Shedd, he is the leading assist man. 5.4 assists. Marcus Sasser, 3.1 assists. So their leading two assist guys will either be out or not 100%. I am curious how that affects this team. Uh, Jamal Shedd averaging 10.4 points per game as well. I think you put a bunch, you're, you, all of a sudden you're going to see a bunch of uh, young guards on the on the court. Um, you have Terrence Arsenault, a freshman uh, who's, I mean, he's 6'5", 195, but he, the production's not there this year because he hasn't had to be relied on this year. Uh, I'm really curious to see how this Houston team adjusts to not having... Um, their their main two guards out there at one hundred percent, and if Jamal Shedd doesn't play, who knows how this game goes? Because then you're talking about Emmanuel Sharp, another freshman guard out there playing extensive minutes. I am fascinated by who is ready to go in this game and who is uh, maybe sitting on the bench uh, in street clothes. Bruce Pearl having some media availability right now. A couple of quotes from his press conference, and uh, I'll give credit where it's due from uh, the people on Twitter. Justin Ferguson, uh, friend of the uh, friend of the station here at ESPN 106.7, and it's Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl on point guard Trey Donaldson. Is quote, I'm probably harder on Trey than anybody else on our team. He's really talented, and he can handle it. His mom and dad were great athletes, so he's been coached hard at home. Even I can't beat the confidence out of him. We've seen Bruce Pearl coach... We've seen him coach Trey Donaldson pretty hard at times at some home games at Neville Arena. Another quote from Bruce. This goes back to the Alabama stuff, as Brian Stoltz tweeted this out. Quote, we don't like Alabama, but we respect them. And by saying we don't like them, they are our rival. Bruce Pearl. It's a little different than... You need to be smart enough to root for us, which is what the yeah. other coach hope your fan base. Uh, hope your said. fan base is smart enough to cheer for us and not the opposing team. Reminds like, me of years ago. I forget what it was about. I think it may have been the 2010 season. Um, talking, about, there's something that Auburn fans were outraged by, and Kevin Skarbinski at the Birmingham News said that Auburn uh, fans needed to get out their their paper and their crayons to write a letter. And yeah, he got some uh, negative feedback on that. Uh, I know it, there was a very strongly worded uh, email letter from uh, my English teacher mother. <laughs> Kevin Skarbinski ended up coming into uh, our class and speaking oh, to us no. about. Uh, oh, no. And speaking to a seventh grade English class uh, and apologizing for, for the, the statements. That's a core memory, isn't it? 
Oh, it, it was the funny. It was one of the funniest <laughs> That's things a core I've, ever, memory. I've ever seen. You will remember that for the day until the day you die, man. That is so awesome. But uh, hey, how about this? AuburnSports.com, Auburn Rivals, right? They um, they tweeted about Nate Oates' comment. And if you didn't hear this quote from Nate Oates, here's what we're talking about. Nate Oates said this today about Auburn fans possibly staying around and cheering for Maryland on Saturday because Auburn plays before Alabama, Maryland. It says, quote, Hopefully they are smart enough to know they should root for the SEC. And AuburnSports.com says, hopefully Oates is smart enough to know that every Alabama fan in the area or in the arena for the Auburn-Houston game will be pulling for the Cougars. And that's exactly right. Like, Alabama fans will not be cheering for Auburn tomorrow. I, I Out of all the Alabama fans I know, which most of my family, a lot of my friends, I mean, look, Alabama has a lot of fans in this state they are going to cheer against Auburn. That's just what they do. That's how it goes, and it's how it works in football. Auburn fans cheer against Alabama in bowl games and in playoffs and national championship games, and Alabama and Auburn fans and then Alabama fans will cheer against Auburn in bowl games and in basketball games and baseball games, and it goes all the way down to a track meet or a swim and dive or an archery shootout or, or drag racing in the backyard with Auburn and Alabama license plates. Like, that's how this rivalry works. And the fact that Nate Oates is is so he's an idiot. Delusional okay, in this let's, situation. Let's be honest here. Nate Oates is an elite basketball coach. He's really good and he recruits well. Um we can have a conversation about potentially alarming trend that is starting to stack up and show itself with uh the people in the program, but he's an idiot away from the basketball court. Every time he opens his mouth, he says dumb stuff. If you're like... His PR puts, is not very he good. He puts the, the university, he puts the athletic department, he puts Greg Byrne, the athletic director. He puts all of these people in really bad spots because he can't shut up and he just keeps running his mouth. This is just such an unnecessary quote from him. Like The more I read it and think about it, it's just like, what What do you gain if you're NATO's? Legitimately, what do you gain from saying this quote? Hopefully they are smart enough to know that they should root for the SEC, talking about Auburn fans. Like, Is it that big of a deal? No. Because, again, Auburn fans are cheering against Alabama, and Alabama fans will cheer against Auburn. That is just a known fact. So, like... Why make a statement like that where you have nothing to gain and everything to lose from it? I don't know. But we got to get to our final break here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We'll come back, make our final picks and predictions for Auburn and Houston tomorrow in round two of the NCAA tournament. Give you a couple score updates as well. We will wrap it up and get into the weekend on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Have just a couple of minutes before we get out of here. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck will be here uh, from 4 to 6 right here on ESPN 106.7. Talking about Auburn and Iowa last night. Talking Auburn-Houston tomorrow and giving you some updates on games going on around the country as uh, really getting some good games today. Not Maybe not as dramatic so far as yesterday was, uh, but how about that Iowa State? 
State team closing it within seven of Pitt at the half. Huh? How about that? After a horrific start for Iowa State, they've closed it within seven. Uh, Creighton and NC State in a two-point game at the half. Blue Jays on top, 28-26. And UConn and Iona just underway in five minutes into the first half. UConn up 14-11. to Some games going on tonight that are going to be really good. Providence, Kentucky, Drake, Miami, FAU Memphis, uh, Kent State, Indiana. Those should all be some really, really good games. But if you missed any of today's show today, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast, ESPNAU.com. Click on the Podcast Center, and you'll find it commercial-free right after the show, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Back in the first hour, we had Parker Ainsworth, the host of Locked on Cougs. He is the Locked on Houston podcast uh, host, and he gave us all the information we need to know about Houston in the matchup that Auburn has tomorrow in the second round. And Carter, you have Auburn winning tomorrow. I do. I think Auburn wins tomorrow. I think Northwestern wins tomorrow. I think three one-seeds go down this weekend. You've got chaos going on in the NCAA tournament. Well, look, we've talked about Auburn should be confident tomorrow. Auburn should have a decent fan base there tomorrow. And Auburn has no pressure on them. It is all on Houston. I worry that we have not been able to see Auburn take consistent game play and consistent good play from game to game very often this season. But I think with given Houston's injury problems, given how Auburn played last night, and the confidence that this team should have, I can't believe I'm saying it. But I think Auburn wins tomorrow and moves on to the Sweet 16. In a miraculous turnaround of this 2023 season, Auburn wins tomorrow and they move on to the Sweet 16. And from then on, anything can happen in March, baby. That's it for the Friday edition of On the Line. Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. We'll be back here on Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. right here on ESPN 106.7. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.